very special guest. I can't one, one of those guests I can't believe he said, sure, I'll come on the show. Thank him so much. Just a couple of quick little local announcements here. The open mic thing, which you know, I, I love open mics. So I like hosting them. I even I like going to them. So here's the list. Monday nights, Bur Bourbon Barrel Tavern in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, 7 p.m. to it says question mark. Our Lady of Perpetual Hops in New Albany, Indiana, has now started theirs back up on Tuesday nights. This is this hasn't gone on since pre-pandemic, and it's a really cool one. I used to go and go there on Tuesday nights sometimes. From, you know what? I think it's seven. There's no time listed. Also Tuesdays at Boombaz in the Highlands, Louisville. My friend Mark Conover hosting that, seven to ten. Boyd Brewing Company in New Albany, Indiana on Wednesday nights was just the one I've been going to quite often. Maybe I might go there later on tonight since I don't have to work tomorrow now. From 7 to 10. The Oreos Pizza in the Highlands, Louisville, Wednesday nights, 8 to 10. Golden Nugget, Wednesday nights, Louisville, 7 to 11. Flanagan's Ale House in the Highlands on Thursday nights from 8 to 10. And that's your open mic list for the lo for the local open mics. I'm gonna bring Kenny right on. Go, Kenny! Damn it, <laughs> Kevin Kenny from Driving and Crying. A few other projects, and I'm really excited to talk to him. So we're <laughs> even though I just said the wrong damn name. <laughs> okay, I just embarrassed myself in front there of my go, dude. <laughs> Kevin. There you go. That's picture of my picks. There's one. Yeah, see, I don't have one on that one. Here's another I one. said Kenny. That's right. That's what they call me at the golf course. They tell me Kenny. And my friend, uh, my friend, uh, my friend JB, the uh, barbecue man in Athens. Is there you go. Um, uh, he calls me Calvin Kennedy. I never correct him. Twenty years he's been calling me Calvin Kennedy. I've just been like. Hey JB, I get Calvin Kennedy. I get I get Ryan a lot. I don't know how Rob, maybe because it's Rob Lyon, but I, I get Ryan a whole lot. Oh really? Well, it's, <laughs> uh, people wire their brains, I guess. <laughs> oh, well, I can't. I'm scared to ask you my normal questions because you're not just one of the locals or local from. Well, I love your uh, open mic list. That's really great. I, you know, I started off doing open mics. My first thing in Atlanta was to do. I did open mic nights i did a song called gotta get out of here and that was my song i played it in every open mic i could possibly get into jimmy the greek's restaurant uh, uh baker street on roswell road you know uh, i mean that's you know i love the open mic nights man I, you know that's smith's have a nice one what's that smith's i don't I'm, uh i'm sure they did i don't know I'm, i don't know if they had one or not oh I know that we had they had one in Ath I used to go to one in Athens. We had songwriter night in Athens that I kind of liked. I lived in Athens like from ninety one to ninety eight or ninety nine, something like that. But yeah, once we went, me and uh, Edwin McCain and Gib Droll went to songwriter night, and uh, and uh, you know we signed up. We signed up and we're like you know, waiting to play, and and then there's one guy who signed up after us. He goes, "Hey man, do you mind if I you know?" You mind if I play play in front of you guys? I was like, yeah, man, absolutely, man, absolutely, not a problem. 
And then he get then he gets up there and he does like uh, a day in a life by John Lennon. I'm like, yeah, so did you write that? <laughs> wow, I've heard that song. Did you write that? So anyway, anyway, that was funny. Uh, but what did you ask me? Um, Smith's Old Town Bar. Oh yeah, I don't know. I'm sure they do. Everybody, Eddie's Attic. Everybody has one. I kind of, um, I'm sure everybody has one. But I like. I, I like going to open mic night. That's how you find some good. That's how you steal steal musicians. Good <laughs> place to steal a bass player or a drummer. This is, or whatever. This is very true because I'm always the only bass player. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm a work off and on of like 14 different projects. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right. Tomorrow I'm you're, in, you're in Kentucky. Yeah, I'm on the Indiana side. I guess I'm, okay. I'm right, right across the river from Louisville. I'm 13 minutes from downtown. I mean, from downtown I'm, Indianapolis or no Louisville? Louisville. Oh, okay, yeah. Louisville. Yeah, I'm like I'm closer to all the cool stuff in Louisville than people that live in Louisville are. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had to go to a CVS in the, across the river from Louisville once. Oh yeah, Indiana. You probably went right right over here for me. <laughs> probably I did. <laughs> we uh, well. Well, go ahead and ask me the questions you normally ask other people. Just don't ask me where the name Driving Crying came from. Just, it came from All a right. song. All right. <laughs> that wasn't on the list. <laughs> okay, good. Because I don't really remember because it was a long time ago. If, okay. if you could narrow down an influence, like somebody you saw on stage or to, even on TV or whatever, and you, you saw that guy, this person and said, it can be more than one. You say, I want to do that. Who, who, who would you say that would be? Um, well, I mean, the Rolling Stones early on, you know, Get Your Yayas Out was one of my favorite records, Robin Trower, all those. I mean, I saw a lot of people before I would even play guitar, but I think, um, I think when I saw the Ramones and I saw Bruce Springsteen, I think those were my two people that I thought like, you know. Uh, I think I could do this. I think I can do that. I think I, 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 I didn't feel like I had to be this genius guitar player or, or, you know, I didn't have to be Jimmy Page and I didn't, I just had to uh, be real. And those guys were the realest. I mean, it was like, I was late seventies, mid seventies, you know, 76, 77, I was 15, the right rock and roll age, 16 years old. And then when I saw, I saw the Ramones at Summerfest in Milwaukee. And I saw Springsteen in the uh, in the fall, and I thought, oh, and Patty Smith too. And I think those were the people that I was really, really thought that I could maybe do this. And then, Grand, and then punk rock came through. So I saw Elvis Costello and Grant Parker, and uh, you know, and uh, I think Thin Lizzy still has a big influence on me because I saw when I saw I went and saw Thin Lizzy in Milwaukee. It was like, um, you know one of those like seven, seven degree days, you know, and not that many people showed up at the show. And uh, it was really cool because they kind of came out with the big Thin Lizzy lighted thing. That's a Thin Lizzy. And they're like rocking out. And then like, they noticed like it was only like, you know, less than a quarter full in this theater. So they just kind of turned into a bar band and they kind of adjusted and they made it a lot of fun. Like everybody just come up to the front. And then what do you want to hear? And so it was kind of what they called, you know, like I do with Driving Crying, like every show now is like everything's an audible, you know. I don't have a set anything. Like I don't really know what the first 
I know what the first intro. We always have the same intro song, but I never know where I'm going to go after that until I look at the audience. And I think, well, you know, these guys need to hear this, or they're kind of grooving on that, or you know, this might. I don't think anybody here knows who we are, or maybe you know. So I, I, I try to, uh, I try to adjust the show. I mean, that's the hard part about being a musician in in this band is that you have to know 150 songs, and you have to be ready to play them in three notes. Yep. <laughs> so you know, it's, you know, I'm selfish, and and they're selfless. You know, they're like, okay, we're going with it, and. If they don't get it right away, you know, if, if one verse goes by and then we kick in on the chorus, that's cool. I mean, it's all it's all audible. It's all different. Every night is totally different. The song, Fly Me Kratos, could be four or five different ways. Uh, Honeysuckle Blue could be four or five different ways. Uh, everything everything is can be pushed and pulled and compressed and turned upside down, turned into acoustic with electric at the end. Or So, I mean, that's the fun about being in the band is that it's... Uh, it's improv, uh, you know, a lot, but you can only do that if you don't get mad that it doesn't work. Like if you're going to be a musician that gets mad that like, oh, oh I'm so embarrassed and this, oh, this is terrible. Just let it go, man. Let it go. Next song's going to be really great. Laugh at yourself and go, oh, thought I could do that one better, but well, come see us next time or, you know what I mean? So it's kind of, you know, it's about being... <sighs> having fun yep i mean god remember what it's like you know i just saw the the beatles documentary get back again and um it's just that that whoever put that movie out to start with isn't isn't is uh can you swear on this show yeah absolutely whoever, whoever directed it whoever distributed it the first time was did them did the beatles a huge disservice because that that they that that the rest of that footage shows them being really fun and of course there's band struggles but every band no more than you know every band i've ever witnessed or been in or been close to you know has disagreements and things but it was really a great way to they walk into a studio in uh the second of january and by the end of january they have 14 songs that are like classics long and winding road get back let it be uh you know for you i mean it's just incredible it's inspiring though. So what I'm saying is that I'm still inspired by things that are happening. You know, I'm still like, I'm still looking forward to doing things, you know, constantly, you know, cause I saw, you know, I, 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 I my son turned me on to a band called the spits the other day. They were on since the early, early two thousands. They're from Kalamazoo, Michigan, moved to Seattle. And I was, I enjoyed this. They were like a kind of a Ramones. So I'm still, you know, I'm still always really excited about listening to new stuff, you know, Cool. Do you uh, did that? Was any question in there? <laughs> I told you to watch out. I just start talking. No, no. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let okay. you go on, man. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's I go. It's, I'm serious. Like sometimes it's hard to reel reel the guest in. You know? right. Well, I'll I'll check myself every so often. <laughs> Do you typically write the songs, or is it collaboration? Or um, yeah, I write the songs. Band arranges them. You know their parts, but yeah, the basic, the all the lyrics are, are mine usually, and uh, the essence of the song um, is mine of a lot of the rare songs. But I'm really, I was really hoping to have a 
uh, well, I challenged them after the last record to make the next record. I would love to have Tim sing lead on at least two songs and maybe Dave sing lead on a couple songs or one or some melodies and have Lauer do maybe an instrumental or write something where Tim sings it or something. I would like to, I think people, I would think people would like a driving crime record that was a little, um, was it just me? You know, I'm getting tired of just being me, you know, um, it's a lot of me. Yeah. And I'm, you know, my wife usually asks me, you know, like, how are you doing? How was the road? Or how was, how was your weekend? I'm like, I'm sick of myself. <laughs> I just I'll go to bed. I don't talk about myself. I will look at myself. I don't want to hear myself. But that lasts about a day. Do you have a particular creative process? Or does it just tap you on the shoulder? Well, I write like I write melodies. Like I'm working on a melody right now. I can play just I'll play this melody I got. And I don't know where it's going, but it's like But a dream, and I lost myself in thee. Where do you go? And my little That's kind of like that. Then I have a little chorus that's like, It's just a part of love. It's on account of your dream. It was a part of your soul. So I have like that, and I'm. So I've been working on that for like five months. I've been playing that melody, and uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm just waiting for the right words to come along, and I'll fill it in. But I have the basic essence of the song and a little bridge for it. But I just let it. I just I try not to push. Some things I can write in an hour. You know, I just wrote a song called "Bottom of the Ninth the other day. That um, you want to hear a little bit of it. Sure. Okay. So like I wrote this this one I wrote in like an hour because I was gonna do a radio show about the the Atlanta Braves. So it's, like, it's like it's like I remember Grandpa Voss with his uh transistor radio and earphone on the porch, the Braves are down three to one. After Stan the man hit a double, brought in another run. What a relief. We closed them out with a pop fly to the shortstop after a visit to the mound. In the bottom of the ninth, there's still hope. You get a man on base and another at the plate, trying to get home in the bottom of the ninth. You gotta believe. Believing all the stars out. You're all part of the team in the bottom of the night. So that was, that's one that I didn't spend any time at all, at all working on. I thought that was great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Straight to Hell was kind of like that. We're just kind of like, well. Uh, I love Straight to Hell. Yeah, that was a that was around for a little while. But then once I wrote it, once I wrote the lyrics down, uh, this producer we had, um, Scott McPherson, uh, said, uh, you know what, man, you should write lyrics to that. That are because it was kind of about like waking up and kick, you know, kicking the dog out of bed and being hungover and 
struggling to find your cigarettes. You know, it was all kind of like, you know, the guys just looking in the mirror like, I'm going straight to hell. Just like, you know, he's like looking in the mirror like, oh, God. And so that's kind of the first version of it was. And then the second version, the guy was like, he's like, you know, you should make this into more of a story or something. So I, I wrote it about like Romeo and Juliet, like a modern Romeo and Juliet, which is kind of where it wound up being. But I like the first one actually kind of so. <laughs> but it, it turned into a love song and uh, I'm glad I glad I changed it I guess you know I don't I'm, know I, I sit there thinking of, well, driving on a forklift today at work <laughs> like what song am I going to ask him about am I going to ask about the innocence am I going to ask about, uh -huh. about honeysuckle blue or am I going to ask about straight to hell and I, <laughs> I struggle with because because like I got usually I have one song picked, picked out per guest and I was like I right <laughs> Yeah, well, straight thing has been a real blessing, and uh, you know, um, I, I discounted it for a while and tried to not do it for a while, and um, I think that was a mistake, you know. And the crowd didn't like it when I would do shows where I wouldn't play it, and I, was, then I just kind of resigned myself, like, how lucky am I? What am I doing? Because, like, you drove a forklift. I used to drive a, you know, front loader. You know, I used to build sewage plants. I'm a form carpenter by trade. You know, and I was, you know, up. You know, if I got to work before the sun came up, I was in trouble. You know, I mean, after the sun came up, I was in trouble. You know, so I mean, I spent a couple, a couple few years, you know, soaking wet and hot and cold, and so I mean, what? And, and then I think to myself, really, you're gonna make a, you're gonna bitch about singing a five minute song? You're, you're a total waste. Get. A, Put on your big boy pants, you lazy bastard. <laughs> so, I totally understand. There, there, there's yeah. songs of mine that I don't want to play anymore, but I've got to for people who do listen to my. <laughs> it's like, yeah, if somebody likes it, I'll play it. You know, I mean, I can't. I, I mean, it's there's definitely a a uh, um, uh, a constraint. Uh, I mean, I can't play 160 songs in a night. Obviously, so I mean, right, you know do like uh you know i can only do 20 at the most so you know and some of those are spoken for but we definitely part of not part of listening to the audience and not making a, a strict set list um is uh it comes in handy when you overhear a conversation like in the audience the other night i you know in between songs i heard some guy say to his friend I wish he played friend song. He should play friend song. I wish he played friend song. And I started the friend song. And he was like, dude, <laughs> dude, seriously. <laughs> I mean, it's not, a, it's not a TV. I can hear you, you know. I can hear what you're saying out there. I also yeah. heard somebody say, he sings good, but the band sucks. I heard somebody say that. I goes, I was like, really offended. <laughs> Like usually it's the other way around. Yeah, that's what that's what I was thinking. But the most time I've heard heard at my life, I was always the band sounded good, but singers suck. Man. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. You know, so I was kind of like a little proud, but then I was like, I'm in the band too, so that kind of stuff that kind of it's kind of hurtful. Kind of hurtful. I was digging around through your older stuff while while I was preparing for this show. There was a, I, I was on YouTube, and there was a song called Powerhouse. Powerhouse, yeah, sure. I really, I really liked a lot, but one of the comments said it really kind of what <laughs> said they used to be a folk band, but then but then grunge happened or something, <laughs> something to that effect. I was like, right. I've never known them. I've never heard. Is there any truth to that? 
No, not at all. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, no, we were the opposite. We were more like a psychedelic uh, feedback uh, band. Before we made the first record, we were a little more like I would. I spent half the shows on my knees in front of my amp with feedback. You know, um, I did. We did do some. We did. We used. Uh, there was a lot of bands. Do, like there's a band called the Bad Brains and the Replacements. People they, they they had like rock shows and then they would have like the folk thing and the um, the bad brains would be like heavy metal and then reggae in the middle. So I was like, okay, well I, I don't feel like I can do like bluegrass in the middle. So I we did have folk songs, but Powerhouse was always uh, early on. That was very early uh, uh, song. Yeah, uh, Scar but smarter. Most of that saddle on side of the road. Most of that first record was pretty. Everything that you hear on it was a lot more aggressive live. Um, but, you know, we were young. It was, we were in 1986. We were, I was like, you know, 25, you know, which is, you know, old, you know, for like, you know, you know, the Beatles, when they were 28, they were like, were breaking up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, but yeah, um, that is not, that is not true. Um, we were never a, really a folk band, but we we had folk always had folk songs. But that was the point of the that was the point of of the word psychedelia is we didn't we wanted to be psychedelic, but I didn't want to just be like sound like a psychedelic band would sound like oh you got sitars and you got some funny vibe. I wanted to be truly psychedelic and mess with people's heads and be like, well, why do I like Catch the Wind and You Mean Everything next to you know some other hard rock song or you know, straight to hell is a you know, um, next to Fly Me Courageous. I mean, there's a two hits that are totally different. You know, if you if you played those, if you played like here's this band Driver Crime, we'll play two of their songs. And you played Straight to Hell, and then you played Fly Me. We'd be like, pick it. What's wrong? Is that the same band or? Yeah. What is all that about? <laughs> right, Mister Rogers. Well, thank you, Mr. Rogers. I appreciate that. Thank you, Mr. Fred Rogers, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you brought up something that reminded me of a concert I saw. And here, while we used to, like, there's no set list or anything. When I saw Dan Baird and Homemade Sin, oh, and man. It, it was right before, like, the, I home, it was right down the street, too. I almost, I was so tired. I almost didn't go, but I'm so glad I did. <laughs> I'm so glad I did, man. It's like, cause like the next week he announced he was retiring. Like I just oh. called it and like, he did, he just kind of calls out the songs. Well, you know, yeah. Absolutely. The band didn't know what he was about to say. <laughs> well, he's one of my heroes, you know, Mine uh, too, man. he, uh, the, their last tour of Europe, they took driver crying and we opened for them mm -hmm. and all the little bars and theaters and pubs. In uh in in England and it was really great, you know. Uh, but yeah, they're a great uh, Warner Hodges and Dan Baird together, man. That's just, that was like a dream team. God, he is amazing. Warner, Warner has a new project out with uh J with uh with um uh I think it's his son, Jeff. No, Jeff Johnson. Oh, we might have some with his son, but he has some with Jeff Johnson from the the original bass player of the Scorchers. 
and 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 uh, Warren Warner just made an album, and I don't know if they made it at Dan Baird's house or where they made it at, but um, yes, check it out online. Yeah, you got to play. You you got to play with Warner, haven't you? Yeah, Warner. Well, Warner was in Driving Crying for about a, a little over a year. He was our yeah, guitar player, so so, so amazing, he's man. The most encouraging, positive. He's such a great guitar player. It's such a great. He's so funny and he's so encouraging. And I, you know, me and Tim used to drive up to Nashville when we were first starting and um, go see the Scorchers. Like we would drive five hours just to go see them play. You know. And you know we were huge Scorcher fans. You know, they were punk man. They were that was a punk band. They were loud as hell. Yep. I never got to see. I've never gotten to see the score. I've seen Jason Ringenberg. Yeah, I've, I've seen him at his house. I watched him play at his. House. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. You went to his farm, or you were down? Yeah, in no, with the, the farm there in Dixon. Really? Yeah. Uh... Did you know you were coming, or were you just? Yeah, you just he sit the kitchen he was, window. He, no, no, it was a it was a party. Okay, a party he had. Well, he's been on the show too. He's yeah, just, that's what he said. He's super nice, man. He's he's incredible. a gentleman. Yeah, and I, gentleman. I, I turned around and freaking Victor Wooten was sitting behind me. Now I'm a baseball. Oh really? <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying not to be too obvious. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> and I'm really? like, that's Victor Wooten. I've got in Dixon, yeah, Illinois. No, uh, or Dixon, Tennessee. Tennessee. It's in Tennessee, yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, Chuck, I think what's his name? Chuck Mead. Chuck Mead, sure. Chuck Mead, yeah, he was there. Oh, he's great. <laughs> Me and Chuck Mead actually wrote a record together. We're trying. We're going to be putting out. I hope this next year. Me, we wrote a record together. We wrote. We wrote it all the songs together at Todd Snyder's house. With Aaron Lee Tashin and um, all these other people, and but we wrote them together, or we recorded them together, and we do vocals together on uh, on the whole record. It's kind of like Rock Pile, and it, that's going to come out next year. It's really, it's really, really. I have to learn the songs, but there's some really real gems on there. Was Tommy Wallbeck there? I don't think. No, I don't think so. <laughs> you know what I'm talking Tommy about? Was there. It was uh, it was Chuck Mead's band and uh. I know Oddly Freed plays guitar on it. Uh, I don't think Tommy was there, no. You know him? I've seen him play. He has a great – I saw him I saw him play at the Basement East with like a, a – was it a Cheap Trick cover band? or something? I don't remember what it was. It was a cover – it was some sort of tribute fun thing they were doing. Oh, it was uh, The Clash. Oh. Did you ever see The Clash band he's in? <laughs> no, was, no. It was really. I think that was. I think that was his band. It was really great. I've but, only yeah. seen just a very last, like the very last song of a government cheese so, cheese show when I was really young. Yeah, <laughs> really young. Yeah, I remember seeing them. I, th- I think I saw them play in Lexington. Were they from Lexington or Bowling Knoxville? Green? They're from Bowling Green. Oh, Bowling Green. Okay, yeah. He's actually from not far where I'm from. Tommy is. He's from the next county over. Both counties just are places that nobody in the world's ever heard of, except. For people for, from those counties, <laughs> right? Yeah, but, yeah. That's he's okay. actually, yeah. America's full of those counties. It's true, very yeah. true. I'm from Wisconsin. Trust me, I'm from a lot of counties. No even people in Wisconsin have never heard of. <laughs> well, people in Kentucky never heard of Webster County. So. <laughs> 
it it was a dry county until two years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> now it's a moist county. Well, Athens, 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 Georgia was dry on Sundays, like even in bars. Yeah. Up until three years ago, you could not get a drink on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Well, Indiana was dry on Sundays, except for bars, until <laughs> two years ago, something like that. It hasn't been right. very long. Right. But now, now liquor stores can be open on Sundays. Yeah. Not for very, not for very long. It's only like well, it's a real I, uh, small as, window. As, some, as someone who has been a, uh, you know, uh, how do you say this? Uh, a, a mate of somebody in the early '80s or mid '80s. But anyway, when you're when you're dating or married to somebody who's an alcoholic, I loved it when Sundays it was Sundays were like forgot to buy wine on Saturday. It's like okay, <laughs> oh well. Yep. <laughs> I could you I, I I look forward to Sundays because I could get a freaking break. If <laughs> <laughs> you've ever been a Husband or wife of an alcoholic, it's not fun. Right. But would you say, well, could you narrow down your favorite show? My favorite show that I've ever played? Yeah. Live? Yeah. You've done so many. Uh, <laughs> I, I think opening for Cheap Trick at the oh. uh, Naval Academy, the graduation. Uh, Everybody, it was an arena full of dress white naval uh, 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 graduates, and just yeah, it was at the uh, Naval Academy in uh, in Maryland, I think. And it was this arena full of this all dress. The whole arena was white. It was so cool, and we were opening for a Cheap Trick, and we got to meet the admirals and things like that. It was really, really a really a great. Sh I I loved that show. Because I love Cheap Trick. So it was a fun show. We played good. It was a cool environment. And when I think about shows, I remember. I remember that. Uh, I remember opening for REM. Was, those were some of my favorite shows. And uh, opening, well, opening for The Who was cool. And op oh, Neil wow. Young. We opened for Neil Young and The Who. Yeah, we opened for The Who for from Montreal to Miami. Uh, that was really great. Um, to watch them, it was just it was just for Quadrophenia. So they oh. were they were just doing Quadrophenia every night. So it was amazing. I got a picture of us and Janet was on my mantelpiece downstairs that my my dog got ripped in half. I was like, no. So it's taped together now, but it just looks like they it looks like Tim and Jeff uh, and Janet was like like ripped me out of the picture. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. <laughs> It's kind of art now, so now I'm thinking about framing it with like the little broken piece, you know. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, but I, in all honesty, um, every show I tell my band, and every well, you know, every show I do is my first, every show uh, is my last. You know, I'm nervous going on stage, I don't want to go on stage, it's the last place I'm thinking to myself 10 minutes before I go on, like. This is the last place in the world I want to be. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to go do this. This is insane. And then once I start, I, um, I'm i in. I'm good. But I have those first show jitters. And then 
when I'm done, I'm I feel very satisfied, and I feel like if that's the last, I try to I I don't try to. I think I accomplish every show. I when I go backstage, I'm like, okay, if that's the last show I ever do, that's okay. I think I think that's good. I think I did good. I think we had a we had some. You know, we we we. I mean, even like our last show we did, we just we did a song called "Here Comes the or Hail to the Paperboy," something we haven't done in like thirty years or more, and uh, it, we just, we just have fun. Especially at this, I wish I was this good in nineteen eighty eight. You know, I'm better than I am. I wish I was this together, and I wasn't ambitious and competitive and jealous and. And worried about the Joneses, and I, I wish I could have just been me back in 1988. I would have been had a lot happier 30 last 30 years, you know, because uh, I'm the last 15 years I've just really been enjoying. Just we're just me, we're just who we are, you know, take it or leave it. You know, I'm not trying to be, I don't, I'm not trying to open for anybody anymore. I'm not trying to impress anybody or be in Rolling Stone or. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's not why I'm doing this anymore. I'm more just happy to be here, you know, happy to be still, you know, creating little soundscapes and landscapes and dreamscapes. That's, that's what it is. But yeah, I mean, every musician should play every show. I guess their first show and it's their last show. Like leave the stage thinking like, that's okay, man. If I don't do any more shows that, that I'd be happy with that. That's very sound advice too, man. <laughs> man I, I, never yeah. argue and never argue about the show when it's over. Like if you fuck <laughs> if you fuck up or you mess up, uh, if your drummer messes up or your guitar, don't take it backstage. Just be like, oh man, oh we screwed that up. It was a disaster. It's like, yep. Oh well. Yep. You know, if, if you if you if you make it look uncomfortable on stage, the audience will. No, that it looks. Mm-hmm. Look at just look at pick it. If you screw up, look at an audience room and go. And <laughs> there, you got them. They're like, yeah, whatever. I get it. Oh uh, well, I guess it's not the I, kind of advice I want from my accountant. <laughs> right, right. A, a rock band, you know. I, I guess I'll skip the counter question. Was what? Which would be your least favorite performance? <laughs> Well, my least favorite performance is anything having to do with a corporation at a stage. <laughs> uh, you know, I've done some things. I've done a few things like, you know, the Final Four, uh, you know, luncheon. It's just miserable. <laughs> no one cares that you're there. No one's. In, it's just miserable. That's um, all my gigs. <laughs> I can't wait to get off stage. You know that, and so I try to, but you know, maybe I'll play a lot more acoustic, or I'll try to, you know, I'll have fun at it, you know. But it's a lot of work. I mean, those things are a lot of work, you know. Um, um, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like anybody who's private shows, anybody who's paid us, and in a moment of weakness, I said yes. Because I was like, oh my God, that's a lot of money. And then I do it, and I'm like, I'm always regretting it. Like, oh, <laughs> this is not worth it. <laughs> so, 
but once again, things that you know you're not. I wasn't thinking about when I was building huge plants, and you weren't thinking about oh, forklift, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> what did you? So are you painting now or you drawing? Always, I'm always painting something. Yeah, I mean, I I did a lot of it in the pandemic. I did, I did a lot of paintings, and uh, yeah, I don't have anything I'm really working on now. Hey, Gertie. Get my Gertie girl here. Um, yeah, I'm always I'm toying with stuff. I'm trying to learn, trying to be better at it, or just give up. They're not called paintings. They're called Kevin Kinney's Glorified Fever Dream Autograph Series in A Minor. <laughs> and you just you. So they're yeah. what they are is amazing. I'm gonna I'll brag a little bit. They're some of the best autographs you're ever gonna get. Some of the worst paintings you'll ever own. <laughs> <laughs> But as far as autographs go, they're amazing. They're in color. They're they always incorporate some sort of song. So they're just they're they're for fans, you know. They're um, I probably will do another dozen, and then I'll probably be done. I'll get sick of it, and I'll be done. So um, didn't you just display something in a gallery? I just did a whole show in a gallery. Yeah, I did um like twelve paintings, I think, something like that, or eight. I don't remember how many. My wife is a real painter. Uh, I'm just a, um, you know, uh, um, like I say, I I can do mine in three hours or four hours. You know, it's not. I'm I, basically like the little sketches I used to make, like like for you know, like on a on a. I used to just do like a like for autographs. I would do a sketch like, like if you want if you like like powerhouse like powerhouse. I would I would draw. I was drawing. I was drawing an amplifier, and then I had some tubes in it, and then I had a band, and then I had like a little stage, and then I had like a, a guitar player, playing guitar, and my bass player, and I had a drummer. I'll show you in a minute. And it's just, but you know, it's just kind of like, and they're playing inside the amp, you know. So it's just kind of like you know. Um, that's a Marshall amp. It's just kind of like that, you know, like a little, like a band's playing inside of an amp, you know. Yeah. And then it'll say, like, never knew the Lord until I found a power chord. It'll say powerhouse. You know, it's pretty much not not that similar to, not dissimilar to this. And then I'll, like, paint it and, you know. Uh, so, you know, uh, I enjoy doing it. And it's for fans, people who like, but basically we do the painting, but we, we, but we take them to a really good printer. This uh, really great art, fine art photographer in Atlanta, and then they make really nice prints. And so we gift them to people, or we donate them, or people can buy them for like forty bucks or something like that. You know, um, we sell them at shows, and they're just you know, those little keepsakes. And then I autograph them. You know, that's a good idea. That's I, I, yeah, I, I some... came up with a lot, a lot of ideas since the pandemic. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I bought so much stuff during the pandemic, man. Yeah, I bought a wood burning kit. It's still in the box. <laughs> oh, did you really? Yeah, I, I'm going to learn how to do this. I never got around to it. Oh, started... that's a great. Oh, but that's, that, I remember the smell of that. That's a good smell. Yeah, it is. <laughs> a very dangerous toy, right up there at Jarts. <laughs> yeah, Jarts. <laughs> <laughs> Who gave your kid a wood burning kit? That was that thing was so dangerous. You just got like tracing like an Indian headdress on a wood plaque, like. Look what I paid, Mom. She's like, 
Very nice. Don't, t- don't touch that cork part. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you had a what? What would you think would be your most personal song to you that you've written? Hmm. Well, I wrote one called "Step by Step" that's on the last record. That's kind of personal. Uh, but I think every song I write is very personal. I, I, I mean, every song I write is autobiographical in, in, in every way. You know, there's very few that I'm not really connected to. Uh, I mean, Straight to Hell is, is is one of those songs I think I really, I, I really love to sing now. I like, uh, like With the People is a song I really love. Um, hmm. friend song this song um, Live the Love Beautiful That's that, I like that song that they were a newer one uh, I'm trying to think of some ones I, I just wrote one I just wrote one uh, that I've been working on for like 15 years it just wasn't right and I just recorded it with Miles Nielsen and uh, the Rusted Hearts in Lexington, Kentucky, actually. Um, yeah. And uh, it's called One by One. And that's one of my favorite ones. It's got a really cool, it's got a cool chorus. I'll, I'll play you the chorus. I really like it. It's it's like, don't, it's not copywritten though, so please don't steal it, anybody. <laughs> but the chorus is one by one, dreams they fall. Let themselves like seats down in the ground. One by one, these dreams they grow into something new. So that's a, that's one of my favorites because you know this part of the scarred but smarter. My song scarred but smarter is part of that whole circle of. It's okay to mess up. It's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to be yourself. And one by one, you know, your dreams, they're going to fall, but then they, they, they like leaves, they, they fly and fall like leaves. And then the leaves become part of the earth and new things grow and then things fall. You know, it's a whole, like, um, the ebb and flow of your life is really the way it's supposed to be. And you can't have, you can't always be on top. You can't always control it. You know, you can't always make everything perfect and you can set the scenario, but you have to be prepared for, you know, things to change. You know, like have a year's worth of gigs canceled, have European tours canceled because of, because of the flu. But you know what? You kind of just got to relax and go, well, you know, I'm not the only one that's going through this right now. Um, it's going to be okay. You know, what's the worst can happen? You know, you got your wife and, or your lover or, and your, and your, and your, for me, I have my animals and I mean, I don't really need much, you know, need much to survive. You know, I just, I'm pretty lucky. I feel lucky. Even in times when I was counting the change from the kitchen drawer, you know, uh, still, you know, you know, feel pretty, privileged you know to be here do you want to play a song <laughs> what's that do you want to play a full song for us or do i hear a song yeah i'll play you a new song you want to hear a new song hell yeah <laughs> okay, play it. i'll play one from, coming up for my new record okay 
Nobody steal it. I got to practice it. See ya. That's so weird. Let me think of it. Um... This world, I got it. Thank you so much. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> <Right on. laughs> you got anything you want to add in before we wrap it up? 
I, look, uh, I, get out, I get out of your hair and quit bugging you all the time. Hey, come on my show. <laughs> hey, Gertie girl. Um, I, um, love your neighbor. Love your friends. Love your mom. Uh, tip your mom. Tip your cow. <laughs> Remember life is cheap to drink short wine. Uh, <laughs> do one to others. Uh, listen to the angel on your shoulder. I think we should let Mr. Rogers have the last word. What do you think? Go for it. You've made this day a special day by just your being you.